0: What's the key to leading for more successful collaboration and business innovation? How about drawing on the pioneering methods of improv from the second city? Join us for our quick take on this question. Episode 284 of Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper.
1: This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, Enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott.
0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper.
2: Hi, everybody. It's great to join you again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and bring their companies along to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Well, Pam, we're getting close to the end of the year, so many of the leaders we speak with talk about how important it is to increase collaboration for business innovation so they can stay relevant to their customers, partners, and other stakeholders as the future unfolds.
0: Yes, and the challenge is to lead collaboration in a way that takes full advantage of the different perspectives from these and other key stakeholders.
2: Yeah, it's a paradox. More perspectives can generate more novel ideas for business innovation and, on the other hand, more opposing viewpoints. Yes. These can keep even some of the best companies circling in an orbit of the status quo as the world changes around them.
0: Under this kind of pressure, it's natural to push forward to a decision that favors one perspective over another. Yeah. But what if there was a way to use opposing viewpoints that could increase the success of collaborations and business innovation? That's where I've seen the yes and approach of improv make a real difference.
2: Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: Many years ago, I was at a leadership conference where the Second City Works troupe presented a main stage session on the power of improv for co-creation and collaboration. You remember.
2: I do indeed.
0: I was incredibly impacted by this session and went on to learn more about improv, as you know. Right. It's made such a real difference in how I've developed relationships in every aspect of business and life, especially
2: between us. Yeah, it helps us build on each other's thoughts, and we get more richness than just one of us is talking at a time.
0: Exactly. So fast forward to 2015 and we become aware of the best-selling book, Yes And, Lessons from the Second City. I knew we needed to have Kelly Leonard, co-author of the book, join us for a conversation. And we made it happen using the principles of Yes And to develop the relationship from being strangers to collaborating on Growth Igniter's radio.
2: That's right. And today, let's revisit part of our conversation that You and Kelly had where you dug deeper into how yes and discussions can set up a greater sense of co-creation ownership and commitment in any organization.
0: But first, here's a bit more about Kelly Leonard. He's been vice president of creative strategy, innovation and business development at the Second City since 2016 his focus has been on leading the company's efforts to apply the principles and practices of improvisation to help organizations and individuals thrive in a complex and uncertain world. At The Second City, he's produced hundreds of original reviews with talent such as Stephen Colbert, Tina Fey, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Meyers, and Amy Poehler.
2: Wow, what a cast.
0: Yes. He also co-created and co-directed a groundbreaking initiative with the University of Chicago that explores the intersection of behavioral science and improvisation. He's also a popular speaker, appearing at Aspen Ideas Festival, Chicago Ideas Week, and TEDx Broadway. And he hosts the Second City Works WGN podcast, Getting to Yes And.
2: Now you can read a lot more about Kelly Leonard and listen to Pam's entire conversation with him by going to growthignatorsradio.com, selecting episode 284 and scrolling down to resources. And now let's listen to part of Pam's conversation with Kelly Leonard.
3: Stay with us.
0: So what does it mean to say yes and?
3: Yeah, yes and is sort of ground zero for all improvisation and and the idea there is we actually live in a no and no-but culture. People love saying no, and, and no is really a tool for people who are acting out of fear uh, or want control. Conversely, saying yes is great, but it's not the only thing. What you have to do is you have to affirm and contribute. You have to say yes and if you want to create an innovative, creative culture.
0: What, is, what so, would be an example of that, Kelly? Say you're
3: in a brainstorming session with your staff and someone comes up with something that sounds like a silly idea. When you shoot down that idea immediately, no, that won't work. Nope, bad idea. You're not just shooting down the idea, you're shooting down the person. There's every reason to believe that that person will not offer up another idea because they don't want to look silly or stupid in front of Mm -hmm. their boss or or their coworkers. But the reality is no great invention ever came out fully baked, and no great invention, for the most part, didn't sound incredibly stupid at some point you know there's so many stories about how accidents turned into you know successes i mean the sure. ipod was trafficked around to tons of people before Apple picked up on it. No one thought that was a good idea. You know, I do tons of these talks to different business groups. And when we talk about yes and, invariably, there's a guy in the back who raises his hand and says, yeah, 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 if I yes and everything, I won't get any work done. And what we're not saying is that you yes and jumping off a bridge. What we're saying is that if you are involved in the act of making something out of nothing, right? And, and mm-hmm. just think of that very broadly right. in the act of okay. something out of nothing. You have to, if you want the most abundant amount of ideas, you have to at least yes and at the beginning. Give it 15 minutes. Just say it's 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Just to yes and. And at that point, you're going to see more people contributing, more ideas are going to come up. And by the way, one of the things that you, you do when you yes and a lot is it makes it a lot easier and faster to say no because everyone feels mm-hmm. that they've been heard. You see all these sort of ideas on a whiteboard, and you can start killing off the ones that really don't work. And it's all fine. So egos are held in check. People are excited because they're at least being heard. And you get to better ideas when you yes and.
0: So yes, in this case, really means, yes, I've heard you. I accept your idea. That's and it. not and then a, the, necessarily that I agree with the idea.
3: Right. Exactly. And then the and part is, and where else in our collaboration can this idea go. We we have a phrase that you know we're, we're not looking for your idea, we're looking for the best idea. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that a lot of invention, a lot of stuff that gets made, many hands contribute to it. We all know that. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, people don't do this stuff just, you know, rarely do they do it just by themselves alone. So, if a lot of people are involved in making something happen, You should have them all contribute at a certain level uh, together to make that happen. We're just saying that if you want to be an innovative business, you have to start with yes and. What you shouldn't do is go straight to no.
0: So this is a good foundation. And in the book, you talk about the difference between building an ensemble, which I understand is very important in improvisation, versus teams per se. I can understand a bit about how it would benefit the Second City based on what you're saying, but how would it benefit other types of businesses?
3: Well, in business, we ask a lot of our business teams, our business units, and yet we don't equip them with all the tools they need to be successful as a group of people working together. So in improvisation, there's all these rules about ensemble-oriented behavior. How do you get the most out of your group that's improvising on stage? It's all behavioral science, essentially, so you can translate that to any sort of working environment. And One of the adages I love uh, that comes from our work is, we've all heard the term, your team is only as good as its weakest member. And at Second City, we, mm-hmm. we change that. Our, our saying is, Your team or your ensemble is only as good as its ability to compensate for its weakest member. And the distinction there is what you're not doing is putting the onus just on the weakest member on the individual. You're putting the onus back on the team or the ensemble because at any given time, one of us is going to be the weakest member. No one person has all the answers. No one person is good at everything. You know, I'm going to be the weakest person at a certain point. And, you know, at that moment, when I'm the weakest person, what I really want is the power of the group to take me forward rather than be ostracized. But the reverse happens so often in business that when someone's not good at something, they are shunned. And that's just psychologically dumb. It's not good. Yeah. It doesn't build stronger, more resilient business people at all. So ensemble behaviors, and we talk a lot about it in, in the book, are things sometimes that are just as, as simple as showing up on time and the importance of showing up on time and what that means with regard to respecting the time of the rest of the group. And then it mm-hmm. gets you know granular and, and deep into other kinds of ensemble behaviors. But, you know, we are, are huge believers in the power of the ensemble.
0: One other thing, Kelly, is you talk in the book about the power of co-creation, which yeah. uh, Scott and I have championed in our own work. Can you tell us about how the Second City co-creates with its audience and the parallel that goes with, say, applying it to any other kind of company?
3: Sure. Well, you asked earlier why we wrote the book, and one of the reasons that I didn't mention at the time was you wake up one day and you realize that your business essentially is, is the way the world works now. So what does Second City do? We create short-form content interactively. That's what we do. And we're like, oh, that's YouTube. You know, that's Google. That's everything now. So when we create our shows at Second City through improvisation, we are asking the audience, For suggestions, but then we're also using their real time response to gauge whether things are working or not. And we re improvise scenes a a number of times to get the material right, and it's all based on the rhythms and the response that the audience is giving us. So, you know, living in the world today, so many brands are realizing that no matter what thing they make or what their business is, that they are in conversation with our audience, maybe through marketing, but maybe through developing the very product that, that they use. So when you look at what Second City has done over the years, we've created a model for co-creation. We've created a model for being in conversation with our audience as a way to develop our content but also spread the word of our content. And there's a number of things that go into that. Probably the biggest is realizing that if you're going to be developing your content with an audience you're going to be showing them not just your successes, you're going to be showing them your failures. And that's oh. a dirty word, failure word, uh, for a lot uh-huh. of businesses. But the the fact is there are ways to use your failures as a powerful addition to the process of creating your content.
0: And, well, sure, and you're people, learning from it.
3: Yeah, you're learning, and, and you've got to do some stuff. You've got to fail fast. You've got to fail together. You've got to fail in context. And there's ways of doing that, that are not going to put your brand at risk. They're just going to help you make your brand stronger.
2: And that's our quick take for today. Thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. If you're enjoying this podcast, spread the good word. Open Growth Igniter's Radio on whatever podcast app you use and write review. To contact us, get show notes and resource links to this week's episode, including a link to Pam's complete conversation with Kelly Leonard, go to growthignatorsradio.com, select episode 284.
0: Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. How can we start using the principles of improv to increase collaboration and business innovation in our company?